Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Wow. Good morning. Why don't you stand hold your Bibles up? It's awfully quiet today. <laughs> or am I just getting deaf? I don't know. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You guys may have noticed I, I did away with my iPad and started bringing my Bible. I kind of felt like we were losing touch a little bit with the electronic word, though I, I like listening to it. I don't know, just the pages of a Bible are unique. And uh, so I just wanted you to know I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't lost my ability to read an iPad because the print's too small. This is really small. I'm challenging myself. I got a text from my oldest friend in high school. We were inseparable. And he's, you know, he's probably watching right now. So he texted me. He said, uh, you know, if, think about it this way. If you're dyslexic, you're 16 today. I texted back, so be it. <laughs> I actually should have told you I was 14. That would have sounded a lot better, but I wanted to have a driver's license. So anyway, we're beginning a series uh, called Peace on Earth because at the end of the day, as much as we all want to be loved, and we do, um, the fact is the love that we would feel from someone else would lead us to possess a peace that we all desire. Uh, when the bills are paid, how many of you know that brings peace? Uh, there are all kinds of things in our lives at the end of those situations and answered prayer and good circumstances and pay raises and jobs and all of that. All of those things, if you will, are connected to a natural peace. Um, when our kids are living right, things are going well, it produces a temporary peace in our lives, and that's fine, but I want you to know something today. You never, ever have to lose your peace. Now, somebody said, well, you know, I've heard people say, I lost my peace when this happened, or I, I, I've lost peace when that happened, but the reality is it's impossible. If you're a child of God, it is impossible to lose your peace. Now, it is possible to forfeit your peace, but you can never lose your peace because the Bible says he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He is the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. And so in the midst of our deepest, darkest times, what I have found to be true is that if I will keep my mind on him, uh, Isaiah 26.3 says he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him because we trust in him. So we can possess a peace at all times, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our trials and our difficulties, if we will keep our focus and keep our hearts and minds right. The Bible tells us that above all things to guard our hearts for out of them for the issues of life. And so we know that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
If we think about turmoil, if we think about crisis, if we think about circumstances, if we think about the condition the world is in today, it's very easy to forfeit that peace. To think that someone doesn't like us, to think that someone's talked about us in a harsh way, and, and uh, just numerous things cause us to uh, be tempted to forfeit the peace that was purchased by Christ. And so if there's one thing I could hope for this holiday season for all of us and those watching online would be that you and I would experience a peace that passes our ability to understand. You know, I, I continue to use probably the last few years of my life as a, uh, an example uh, of, of what this is really all about. And the only reason I do that is I never want to forget the goodness of God. You say, but the last three years... No, I have had the opportunity the last three years to experience what I've preached about my whole life. Some people just get to talk about it in theory. I got to experience the glory of God. I got to experience the redemption of God. I got to experience the grace of God firsthand. And I am forever grateful that that dark time brought greater light in my life than ever before. I decided that I would not focus on the crisis or the circumstances, that I would keep my focus on the Redeemer, on the Prince of Peace, on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in so many of our lives, and I know my situation is, is not unique to so many others, a, a crisis is a crisis. Difficulty is difficulty. Adversity is adversity. And so whatever it is that you have found yourself going through, I promise you that God will be right there with you if you keep your focus on Him. And that He will turn your darkness into light. I'm telling you, he'll shine into that darkness and he'll make your, your future brighter than your past. But we have to keep our hearts and minds on him and our focus on him. And it's so easy to listen to the news over and over or listen to people who have spoken ill of you over and over and been mean to you and neglected you and abandoned you. It's so easy to focus on those things because those are things we see with our natural eyes and hear with our natural ears and that's why reading the Bible is so important. That's why prayer is so important. It takes us away from the natural, and it puts our hearts and minds on the supernatural, the things of God, the things that are invisible, the things that we can't see. And if we can't believe in the invisible, we'll never see the impossible. So we have to believe an invisible God will do impossible things if we'll keep our focus on Him. In Isaiah chapter 9... One of my favorite passages of Scripture. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And if he is the Prince of Peace and he lives in us, that means that we will never lose our peace because He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He will not walk away from us in dark times. Throughout the nearly 40 years of ministry that I've experienced, I've been through some of the worst times with people imaginable. Doing funerals for little babies that you try to explain or try to somehow give some kind of understanding to, to how this happened or why it happened. And the question always comes back to, where was God? My response is always, he's in the same place he was when he watched his son die on the cross. 
He has not left us. He's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus told us in the world, you'll have tribulation. He said, but take courage. I've overcome the world. We've all had things befall us. There are things that we'll never be able to explain. But I'm not going to let what I don't know about God define me. I'm going to let what I know about God define me. And I know that He's a good God. I know that He gave His only Son to set me free. I know that God that will never leave me nor forsake me. Those are the things we must not exchange what we know about Him for the things we don't know about Him. Those are things that will steal our peace and our joy. If we can just look and say, I can't explain everything. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I can't explain it all, but I do know this, that nearly 2,000 years ago, He sent a son to be born in a manger for the purpose of 33 years later giving his life for me and for you. And I can tell you he succeeded. The grave is empty. He rose from the dead. He ascended and he's seated at the right hand of God. And today he is making intercession, standing in the gap for us. And I know this, that one day he'll go to the stalls of glory. He'll put a saddle on a big white horse and he'll climb on and there will be bugles and trumpets blowing and he will return and down the side of his leg it'll say King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So whenever you're feeling chaos, depressed and downcast, know this, that your Redeemer lives and someday I can find peace in knowing that he is coming for me. He's coming for you. He's coming for us. And there are times we have to think beyond the circumstances and think beyond the crises and think beyond adversity and think beyond difficulty and realize that God is still with us and God is still for us. It doesn't matter who's standing around you. What matters is who's living in you. And he who's living in you is greater than all that's standing around you. And he will defend you. We have to lean on Him or we will never know peace. The reason the world is in chaos because nations and leaders strive and struggle for power, authority. We fight for things that we shouldn't be fighting for. We stand for things that God has already paid for. And that we have to lean on Him. We have to rely on Him. There can be peace, but He, he is the only one who can deliver it. Great musician... Jimi Hendrix, some of you older people know about him, some of you younger people should. They're still playing 70s music all over the world. They ain't playing your 1990s junk. <laughs> Wherever I've traveled, baby, it's still 70s. The greatest decade of music ever. 60s and 70s, the greatest two ever. Nobody can compare. Jimmy said, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. When the power of love overcomes the love for power, the world will know peace. See, the problem is that, that we fight to move forward when in reality we must submit and surrender to move forward. God will put you where you're supposed to be. God will give you what you're supposed to have. God is the one 
who provides the vengeance, not you, not me. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You don't have to fight for your place. You don't have to battle. Just rest in the Lord. Find peace in God. God will bring back and restore everything the locust has eaten. That's what he said he would do. Everything that's been consumed, everything that's been devoured. You know, you make somebody might as you said, somebody made my name bad. Nobody did mine. I did it myself. But anyway. <laughs> but I thank God my Redeemer lives. I can laugh about today what I used to cry about because I know God never left me, never forsook me. He's still with me and he'll never leave me. You know, sometimes we need to be laughing about things that we've been crying about. God never changes. He's always the same. And we have to lean on him and rely on him. And I'm telling you, I'm so thankful today. I hope you're thankful today for where you are. Because let me tell you where suffering comes. Suffering comes from wishing yesterday hadn't happened and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Suffering's a result of thinking outside of today. Leaning on what might happen or might not happen. Wishing things hadn't have happened the way they happened. Oh, I'd change a lot of things if I could go backwards, but I can't go backwards, and neither can you. So guess what I'm left with? I'm left with today. And you know what? I'm not even left with tomorrow because I could wake up next to Jesus tomorrow, and I don't think I'd weep. Now, some of you hesitate. Well, let me think about that. I want to do a series next year. And I haven't titled it yet, but I, I, want us, I want us all, and I did this. I, I've written my own obituary already. I've said all the things about me that I want you to say about me. That's the way it ought to be, isn't it? Because most of the time people just stand up at funerals and lie anyway. It's a wonderful man. No, you fought with him yesterday. You lost your peace, but when you lost them, all of a sudden you found peace. But we've got to stop letting circumstances determine our peace and our joy. Quit listening to other people and start listening to the voice of God. Quit reading what others might say about you and start reading the Word of God. Because what God says about you is what matters anyway. That's who you're going to be if you choose to surrender to Him. I love what... uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, he said, I refuse to accept. And I love that word, I refuse, because sometimes you have to be strong in order to maintain peace and joy, especially if you're in ministry. See, so you won't talk bad about me at lunch today because you're going to remember this message. Because <laughs> some of people think, well, they got him an iPhone 10 for Christmas up in here. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> Thank you. I get an amen. I know how this works, man. And so you just have to keep peace. You know, Monday mornings I wake up and it's like the devil is laying there with bad breath next to me. And Satan's bad breath is worse than any of y'all's bad breath. I'm telling you, it's hell. I don't know if he ever wake up in your bed, but he wake up in mine because I sleep alone. There's a whole big side of that king size bed, and the devil just wallows. He just stretches out. <laughs> I wake up on Monday morning, and his bad breath says, you suck yesterday. You know that, don't you? You said stuff you shouldn't have been saying yesterday. You said this, and you said that. And I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm half awake going like, what? <laughs> I need some Jesus juice real quick. 
And I wake up and I, I have to quote the Bible. I get my scriptures out and I start, and in my mind, I start thinking, okay, as a man thinks in his heart, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the apple of his eye. I've been bought with the price. I am the pearl of great price. And all of a sudden, it's like pouring Listerine in Satan's mouth. He's like, oh, God. Gargle that, you. Anyway. You get to finish that when you go home. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become reality. He said, I refuse to accept the darkness of all that's going on in this world. Because I'm going to tell you something. God does not see white, yellow, black, brown. God sees us as all his children. My daughter-in-law is due to deliver about the middle of January. She's black. My son is translucent. I looked at her and I said, you better bring some black into this thing, girlfriend. We need some color in the house. I said, but no pressure. I love... When people say, I refuse, I refuse to believe that darkness will remain in my household, in my world, in my life. I believe the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. We're going from glory to glory, from radiance to radiance, to brightness to even brighter. You're going to need sunglasses in 2018. Too many people walking in the darkness of their own thoughts, telling themselves lies. Just because someone says something about you doesn't mean it's true. And you buy the lie, you bite the hook, you live in the shadow of their opinion instead of walking in the light of his word. I like that too. It's not even in the notes. I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. There are times I still go, that was really good, God. Wish you'd let me write it down, take a little credit. Not a chance, Lance. <laughs> Einstein said, peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. Christmas is not a time nor a season, but a state of mind. To cherish peace and goodwill, to be plenteous in mercy is to have the real spirit of Christmas. Thank you, Calvin Coolidge. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, For every minute you remain angry, you give up 60 seconds of peace of mind. For every minute that you remain angry, you give up 60 seconds of peace of mind. Bitterness, anger, will never bear the fruit of joy and peace. And we are called... To walk in joy. And his presence is fullness of joy. When you're mad at somebody. When you gossip about somebody. When you talk about somebody. They're not the reason. That you're not living in peace. You are. I am. I was sitting in a performance. My daughter had last night. At University of Central Oklahoma. She's. A beautiful dancer, if you want to follow somebody worth following, Tori Crow is a rock star. <laughs> she is beautiful, and my youngest, and I went to watch her dance, and 
I'm just being honest with you. I want to share a flesh moment with you. Is that all right? I don't really care. Might as well. I figure if I don't cause you to leave, you'll find a reason to. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and, and, and you know, it, it's, it's a different day. If, if, if I would have been in a, a dance degree in high school, I would have been beat up every day. Well, now there are guys in, in dance, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm all for that. I don't, I'm not. My son was a great dancer, and I have no issue with it. But, but there is a certain look, I think, that comes with it. And the costume that they had on this guy, it was like somebody was mad at him. <laughs> and I'm trying to watch this dance, and I'm looking and going, yeah, it's a swing and a miss on the costume. <laughs> and, and I really kind of, I was so bothered by it, I wanted to tell somebody. And now here I am telling you, which I now I need to go repent. I just, it's, I just struggled with it, man. I lost peace for a moment. Because I was looking at the outside and I said, Mark, shut up. Don't say anything. Shut up. Don't, don't ask your daughter how was... Anyway. Hey, um, turn your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 2. I'll be done when I'm done, uh, it won't be long. It won't be long, really. It won't be long. It's Christmas time. I know that y'all got to shop and eat and do all the things Christmas people do. I don't have anything up in my house. I'm single. If you came to my house, it, it, it would look like any other day of the year because I have Christmas in here. Y'all need a tree. I got it right in here. Don't need a tree because you have to take that sucker down. After Christmas, how many of you know, hey, listen, if you have Christmas lights on your house, please turn them off after New Year's. <laughs> Do me that favor. It drives me crazy. February, you still got, I'm going to go knock on doors. Would you turn the lights out? <laughs> they don't make me happy. Side note. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, I don't really quite know how to interpret that. I've been reading it all morning going, on, on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, in Psalm chapter 5, it says, Surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. So when we walk in favor, how many of you know it produces a peace in our lives? To know that I have favor, to know that no matter what's going on in the world, what's going on in me gives direction to what's going on in my world. Remember the story of Abraham. Abraham and Lot could not get along. Their, 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 their herds were so large and their livestock was so many that their herdsmen began to fight with one another and argue with one another and debate with one another. And finally, Abraham cared so much about peace. He cared so much 
about there being peace amongst everyone, that he came to Lot and he looked at him. And listen, this is when you can understand the power of peace. When you don't have to strive, when you don't have to fight, you don't have to, 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 to be mean, you can be kind. And he comes to Lot, and Abraham is the father of faith. How many of you know that? So Abraham's looking at Lot, and Abraham understood who God was, not just who he was generally, but who he was to him. And I think this is very critical for all of us. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? Because we can look generally and say, God so loved the world. I like to look and say, God so loved Mark. I like to know who God is to me, not just who he is to the world, but in my life. Abraham had this understanding of God, obviously. And he looked at Lot, even though Abraham was in charge and Lot's his nephew, and he allows him to come along with him, and he's blessed beyond measure. He's so blessed, he can't even contain everything. And Lot's people and his people are arguing, and Abraham said, Lot, hey, hey, hey. He didn't say, Lot, listen to me. I'm in charge here. If you don't get your guys in order, I'm going to kill you and all of them. Or I'm going to run you off, and I'm taking the herds because they're mine. But Abraham understood who God was. He didn't lose peace. He didn't get angry. He didn't get mad at his nephew. He didn't get arrogant. He didn't exercise authority, though he could have exercised authority. But he said, Lot, I want you to look in every direction. And he said, I want you to pick all from all the land, north, south, east, and west, if you go south, I'll go north. If you go east, I'll go west. He said, Lot, I want you to pick. And let me tell you why he could say that. It's because Abraham knew the favor of God. When you know the favor of God, you'll possess a peace that passes all understanding. That you don't have to fight for something. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to strain. Psalm 46, 46.10 out of the New American Standard says, Cease striving. And know that I'm God. Cease striving and know that I'm God. Quit struggling. Quit fighting. Quit trying to be right. Quit trying to prove yourself right. And just let God be God. God will prove himself. God will prove himself. And so Lot picked. And Abraham, just like he said he would, he went the other direction. Let me tell you why. Abraham was not greedy, he was not ambitious, he wasn't filled with pride, he was filled with God. When I wake up in the mornings, it's a different way of waking up. I used to wake up to the voices of five screaming children in my house. And I used to ask God, God, give me peace. What I didn't understand then that I understand now is that I don't have to forfeit my peace in the midst of the greatest noise and the greatest challenges in life. I don't have to forfeit it. And now I long for those sounds. I wake up to crickets. There's nothing going on in my house. And I sometimes find myself battling For the very same peace that I longed for when there were 10 feet running around making noise in the morning. It's funny how we always seem to want something different than what we currently have. We lose sight 
of what we possess. We become ungrateful. We start thinking about all the things we don't have, all the things we want, all the things we think we need. Instead of stopping for a minute and just saying, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you've given me. Thank you for what I have today. I'll just be honest with you. I don't like living alone. Every now and then I think, I'm, I think if I died, how long would it take for him to find me? But why do I care? I'd be dead. <laughs> you ever think that way? I'm like, I, I don't want to die and nobody find me, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> so why do I worry about it and lose my peace? Because at least if, if somebody's there, I'm thinking, how long would it take for somebody to check on me? I don't know why I'm saying this. It just seems to fit. In other words, we can lose our peace in many numerous ways. And, and because of numerous situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in, we can find ourselves wondering and, and, and getting concerned and getting worried and getting fearful. And we lose our peace. And we know that He's the Prince of Peace. He came to bring peace on earth to all of us. Some of you may be thinking, I don't have the money to buy gifts this year. I don't, I don't have the resources I need to make my kids happy and all the other kids are getting this and that and your kids are coming to you with this, you know, this wish list, this desired list, this, this list that uh, you just look and go, you know, I, it would take Bill Gates <laughs> to provide Christmas for you. But oftentimes, even in marriages, we start looking at the person on the other side of the bed and go, I, you know, I want you to do this, I want you to be that. And we're more focused on who somebody isn't than who somebody is. I want to be the kind of friend a friend would want to have. I don't think I was a very good friend. When I look back on my life, I might have been okay, but... There are five things that destroy our peace, that are enemies of peace. Number one is greed. Number two is ambition. Number three is envy. Number four is anger. And number five is pride. And I realize that greed comes in so many different shapes and sizes. It looks different on different people. Greed is not just withholding money. Greed is withholding love. Greed is withholding appreciation. Greed is withholding gratitude. Greed is protecting ourselves so that nobody can hurt us. I didn't want to come back here. I was wanting to protect myself. I didn't, I didn't want to come back to all of the, 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 the opinions of people about what I did and, and, and who they thought I was and all the mistakes. I didn't want to come back to that. But God wanted me to. You know why? Because God wanted me to, 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 to reveal His glory to, to people that, that don't run away, don't hide, don't live your whole life out of peace because you can't face your past. Let me, Jesus died for your past so you can face your past. He died for your future so you can face your future. He died for today so that we can live today. This morning I woke up to dings. I have a Ding on my direct message on Facebook. Now you have to understand. I, I some people came up and said I try to I try to post something on your timeline or you know and I said well you can't do that because I don't let people post stuff on my timeline without me approving it because I've had some people saying some pretty nasty things about me 
So I'm just, above all things, guarding my heart and guarding my sarcastic response, at which I'm very gifted. I am afraid of what I might post on your timeline. If you post nasty on mine, you reap what you sow, and I am glad to be the reaper of your life. So what happens is, if you post something and it has my name in it, it comes to me and it says, release to your timeline. How many of you know, I'm not releasing expletives to my timeline? You mother. You say, well, where were you going with that? I Just mother. You say, that's never happened to you. Yes, it has. I had some real love from Georgia at one point, and it was not a person. It was the place. Somebody sent something really nasty. I thought, wow. Whew. It was really bad. So I thought, well, I was told how I could block nastiness, and I do. So if you want to post something sweet today, just do it, and I'll release it. If it's nasty, I'll send it back to you. So anyway, I'm getting these dings on direct message because people can't post to my, uh, my page directly without me releasing it. And it's, I'm looking, it's from India, from Africa, and other parts of the world where time zones are different. So, you know, it's later in the afternoon, I'm getting these. And honestly, some of them are from, you know, some of the parts of India. I did conferences in India and, and in Africa. And so I got to know a lot of people. And some of the pastors there are so gracious, so sweet, so kind. And they're sending me these, these birthday messages. And I'm thinking to myself, in that moment, all halfway around the world, somebody was thinking about me. And i got to tell you, this morning as I was up praying, it was like God saying, Mark, these people have given you a part of their heart and soul. They gave you time. And how grateful I am. It'll be better than any gift that I could possibly receive, just knowing. And I thought to myself, it's my birthday. And after the 9.30 worship experience, I, I was just thinking through. And if my kids are watching, don't get too excited. But I thought, you know what? It's my birthday. I want to give instead of receive. So all of my kids, I'm going to go home and I'm going to send them money. I'm just going to transfer money to them. I thought, I'm just going to kill any greed in me that's, that's got palms up. I want to be a giver. I'm going to kill greed. You kill greed by being a giver. And so rather than looking at what you're going to get for Christmas, think about what you're going to give. Think about what you're going to give. Peace is an amazing thing to possess, but we try to fight for it. We demand it. We need to sow seeds of peace. I grew up in a home that was... Very argumentative. Love my family, love my mom and dad, but there were three boys. My poor mother will go to heaven and be right by Jesus. Married to my dad and then three boys. Boys are different than girls. Did y'all know that? Yeah, we are. And so I grew up believing that the goal was... You fight for peace, and you don't fight for peace. I used to fight to be right, so I thought I'd feel better, and I'd feel better for a moment. I no longer have a goal to be right. I have a goal to make right. And so 
I don't like to argue. I don't like to fight. I don't even care if I'm right. I sound like Dr. Seuss right now. (laughs) But this holiday season, to maintain peace, think first about God. Think, Think about others. Think about your family. The first year of my chaos, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas were almost intolerable. Through those times, I learned who peace was and I learned what peace was. I learned there was so much more to the world than me. There was so much more to this world than my crisis and my difficulty. There's a world filled with wonderful people that God created in His image and His likeness. I don't fret about this church or anymore. I don't fret about church anymore. You belong to God. When I get up and pray every day, I pray this prayer. I go back to Isaiah again. I say, devil, I bind you from all the people that God has ordained to be at Mosaic Church, Oklahoma City. I command you to release them. I command you to let them go. They belong to God, and they belong in the place God has called them. And whoever they are, I call them to be released to come. Then I go and I go north, south, east, and west. Bring in the harvest. God, bring in the harvest. And I just release it to him. When we release to God the things that belong to God, the peace that God possesses is released to us. When we try to control other people, make other people into our image and our likeness, we will always lose peace. Victoria is probably the best child I have because I failed four times before her. (laughs) All of my four older kids, I repent publicly. There is no book that tells you how to raise personality types. Now, I love my kids and they love me and we have a great relationship today. But, you know, I just did better with Victoria because I looked and I went, I did so many things wrong. And I just learned with her. That if I could just speak to her and explain to her and create the understanding that we could find peace in the middle of our chaos. We might still disagree. She might not do everything I want to do, want her to do, but I'm not going to lose peace over that. The Bible says don't exasperate your children. And that I know that even today as my children are older, I'm not called to give them direction. I'm called to love them. I'm called to be a giver of peace into their lives. And in this season, you know, sometimes we get all up in arms. I had Thanksgiving at my house with two of my kids for the first time. It wasn't that pretty. I had never hosted Thanksgiving dinner alone as a single guy. So I went to the meat market. I just bought everything. I did. I bought a turkey that had already been cooked, and all I had to do was slap that sucker in the oven for a couple hours. We were two hours late eating. <laughs> we, they're like, thought we were eating at 11. It was like 1.30. I'm like, well, you know, swing and a miss. <laughs> but we had a great time. We were all famished. Uh, it made the meal so much better. <laughs> Everybody's like, this is really good. No, you're just really hungry. That's a way to have a great Thanksgiving or Christmas meal. Just make it late. 
Everybody be so stinking hungry, they'll love your cooking. <laughs> but think about what you're thinking about this holiday season. Think about what you can give, not what you can get. Think about others. And you'll find that peace that passes all understanding. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you just give me a moment, there may be those of you here today that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. People say, what do I have to give in return? The only thing that God asked for in return for his son's life being sacrificed on the cross was he asked for our sin. We can hold on to our sin if we want to. We can hold on to our lives. We can try to take control of our own world, or we can give it to Him. The Bible makes it very clear. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For years, people would measure salvation by our performance, our behavior. And uh, that's not at all accurate. I still have so many issues in my life that I deal with on a daily basis, and you do as well. But there's one issue I no longer deal with, and that's who's the boss of my life. Now, every now and then, I don't do things exactly as the boss would like, but I know this. Today, it wouldn't matter what any one of my kids did. They'd be my kids. Wouldn't matter. I would love them, and I do. They live all over the country, and there's not one thing one of my kids could do that would keep me from loving them. And I figure if I can do that, being the sinful man that I am, that God is so much greater than me and you, that his love knows no limits. He doesn't love us because of what we do. He loves us because of who we are. He loves us because he created us in his image and his likeness. His love never changes. On your best day or your worst day, God's love is exactly what it is on any other day because He is love. Now, that's what attracted me to God when I realized who He was and who He is and who He will always be and that He wasn't loving me because of what I was doing or wasn't doing. He was loving me because I was His. He made me, created me. And I knew with that kind of love, I could trust him. And I have now for 40 years. There are those of you that don't feel like you measure up, that you don't qualify. And that you have measured God's love against your behavior. And if that be the case, you will never cry out to that God because that's the kind of love that's conditional that we can never measure up. But today, you don't have to measure up. Today, God loves you because you belong to Him. He's the reason you're alive today. It's the reason all of us are alive today. He's a Redeemer. I find my peace every morning in knowing that God loves me today because I belong to Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and those of you watching online, pausing just for a moment, 
Maybe you feel moved today to say yes to God. Because 2,000 years ago, He said yes to us in the person of Jesus Christ. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd say today, I want to make Him the Lord of my life. I know He's the Savior of the world, but is He the Lord of my life? I want to pray for you, those of you watching online. I want to ask you, just simply to do one thing, if you're in this place today without Christ, and you say, I just want, to, want you to pray for me. I want to know Him like Abraham knew Him, as my God. I want to ask you, if that's you, just to slip your hand up and put it right back down. Say, please pray for me. I need to know Him in that way. Just lift them up right now. Say, Pastor, that's me. Yes, thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Several of you. Those who are watching online, I'm sure. Some of you watching online right now are moved to the point of tears. Not because of what I've said, but because you've opened your heart to the Spirit of God. And those are tears of joy, knowing that you are loved and that the price for your sin has been paid. And that today, whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And He's freeing you today. So I want us all to pray this prayer here. And those of you watching, say, Father God, thank you for sending your only Son to die for my sins. Jesus, thank you for willingly giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I am born again. My sins are forgiven. I am a child of God. Amen.